this up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy today, because today we have taken to social media to recruit book recommendations, and we've done book recommendations in the past for fans of the First Law trilogy, for fans of Brandon Sanderson, for fans of Mark Lawrence, but... This is a special one that, Dylan, you've worked long and hard on, right, Dylan? <laughs> yes. I don't think we've done... Have we done book recommendations for fans of Mark Lawrence? I don't have think we've we? done that. Oh, well, put that it, one on the episode well, ideas. <laughs> sure. <that'll, laughs> we'll definitely put that on the episode ideas, because like, I'd love to bring that to y- y'all. But to answer your question, Charles, yes, I was hard at work. It was a while ago at this point. Uh, asking people to help me and and help one of our uh, friends and loyal listeners uh, Tony the at Tony the Fong uh, the Fong of Emberlane on Twitter er, who has this mission that mm. is hashtag mission make Charles cry <laughs> and <laughs> you Charles I you have never cried from a fantasy novel to our knowledge. There was a point where uh, when we read The Paper Menagerie by Ken Liu, you either had allergies or <laughs> some, or like you felt something in your eye, something like that happened. Uh, but that was our first real attempt to try to make you cry from fantasy literature uh, or fantasy content in general. And then... Uh, you know, t- uh, Tony considered it something of a win that I guess that some th- sort of tears came. There was a to misty eye eyes, situation misty eye, yeah. going on, maybe even a single tear. It was very emotional. It was a fantastic short story, <laughs> very emotionally is, powerful. Yes. But e- yeah, your reaction was different from mine, and you're kind of surprised <laughs> by my lack of of sobbing to that one. Although uh, I was very emotional. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people on Twitter felt the same way when they found <laughs> that, out. Yes, and they felt the same way in terms of their surprise that you did <laughs> so not So I cry. don't know how to take this. <laughs> in, in one way, I'm flattered that there's so many people out there who are interested in the show and 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 us as individuals but i'm also <laughs> concerned that people think of me as some kind of like sociopathic like no. not capable of feeling no uh, kind of podcast host here so that's when i was like let's take it to twitter let what are these books that everyone's crying over and mm. let, let let's see if there's any that i've read and can react to or maybe some good recommendations out there that we could pick up to invoke this emotion because guys look i want to cry just as much as just as much as you know you guys want me to for an author to write something that 
gives you an emotion powerful enough to make you cry is a huge achievement and a rare achievement. And uh, yeah, I feel like there's no well rarer for some than it is for others. <laughs> Rares for some more than others for sure. Yes. So I'm excited I, to get into yeah. it and hear what people got. A paper Menagerie for me is a fantastic submission. That one was really great got really close uh, depending on how you define crying maybe i already did <laughs> <laughs> if we have to have a conversation about the definition of cry i mean tony considered a win so i'll, I'll let tony have that but <laughs> i'll say once you're starting to debate whether or not it's crying for me i'm like okay did you really cry so we're here to see what kind of book recommendations folks from twitter have for you charles to to try to make you cry and We'll see. I mean, at least these will be in our headspace now and things for me to draw from. I'm a chronic crier when it comes to fantasy books and just like media in general. I mean, if something hits me in the feels, I can, I will start crying uh, pretty quick. So I, even looking down these this list, a bunch of these have, have made me cry. Oh, and uh, we'll, nice. I mean, we'll see if any of these end up getting through to you, uh, some of which we, I know you have read and other ones we're going to read and other ones maybe I can start pitching a little bit to you if, if I've read them. All right, let's do it. Where do we start? I think we start at the beginning of this notes sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Which, yes. And this first recommendation is from at Befuddled Panda, who is a member of the Green Team over at the uh, Green Team oh, podcast. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> thank you guys uh, for for the Make Charles Cry recommendation. Let's see what yeah. they got. Yeah, well, they've made me cry with a recommendation already that I read, which is <laughs> Never Let Me Go, which is a free. It's not. I wouldn't call it fantasy. Is but it's it sounds sad if I'm speculative fiction. It's already kind of emotional. Sounding. Yeah, but that's not this recommendation. Though that would be one of Dylan's recommendations <laughs> for uh, make Charles cry. So maybe I can get get you on board with that one as well. But uh, yeah, so I got that one from Green Team podcast. But anyway, here it was from a different host for the for the record. But here's Befuddled Panda mm-hmm. who recommended the Murderbot Diaries, oh. Charles. Yeah, and said it. It's sci-fi, but the Murderbot Diaries may get through to Charles. There are moments in the series where my eyes leaked a little. And ah, ha, ha. Yes, I that's see. a Robot well-played joke there. Interesting. Yeah. So this is interesting because we are actually currently reading All Systems Red, which is uh, the first book in the Murderbot Diaries, right, Dylan? Mm-hmm. The Diaries is the series, and we're reading yep. it for a buddy read episode that we are going to drop very soon, uh, mm. featuring fiction fans, our good buddies uh, over there. And yeah, I'm about now, Dylan. My question is: Is All Systems Red on its own emotional, or do we have to read multiple books? I think that. <sighs> When I think about the ways in which the... First of all, I've only read All Systems Red. Mm -hmm. I have not read beyond that in the Murderbot Diaries. Mm -hmm. So I would say if All Systems Red is uh, emotional for someone, it's because of their deep connection that they feel to Murderbot, our main character. And it's like Murderbot is just so relatable as it's almost i don't think they would use the word cyborg but that's kind of what they are Mm -hmm. uh like has organic and uh non-organic parts 
and the organic parts can have actual feelings and things like that, while the non-organic, like metal parts, uh, you know, are kind of this exterior that Murderbot has. And it's interesting to watch Murderbot grapple with this idea that they're like part human and have some of these reactions, but also part robot. And they struggle with some of these things like social anxiety and the difficulty with interpersonal relationships and interactions and it's Mm -hmm. and feeling different from other people which makes sense when you're a a murder bot and it's like yeah i think it might so yeah i'm trying to uh, to answer your question charles (laughs) i don't think there's like this moment so the paper menagerie has a moment right where Mm -hmm. you're like oh like did you cry during that moment i won't say what (laughs) the murder bot diaries for me doesn't have a moment that's like the tear-jerking moment but it's very emotional throughout in terms of like you can relate or some people including me can relate to the plight of Murderbot and Patrick mm. Rothfuss could really relate too. Yeah. I can well, see said, that because I'm about yeah. halfway through all systems red and Dylan I'm not crying I'm actually kind of chuckling as I go along in oh, this because no. this idea of a robot that you know uh is only just trying to do the bare minimum of their job and doesn't want to interact with people. I knew that's what you were gravitating like, toward too. It, it's it's kind of funny, but I'm only about halfway through. But I don't know. You are. You don't. I'm about. Did you cry to right read now. all? Did you cry when you read all systems? For I the don't first think time? I because cr- you've read no, it before. I'd... Yes, I don't think I cried during the first time. I have these moments when I read all systems read that I kind of get like pangs of sadness, like a feeling behind my eyes or something like that. But I don't think I've. <laughs> cry not the like not you charles with the allergies like i don't think i've ever had tears come up for Murderbot, and i've only read all systems read it's possible all the diaries yeah when i get i get these like moments of connection with Murderbot, where i'm like oh that's so real and it hits me kind of in the heart in the feels charles and but i don't think i've cried from it and maybe there's moments that come later on past all systems read that might be like the real tear-jerking moments. So I, I mm. hope we get... We're only doing All Systems Red right now, but I really hope we get further along in the series to to see those moments. I, I do think bef- Befold Panda, we've had exchanges on Twitter before that suggest to me that they have read, uh, if not all of them, definitely like well past All Systems yeah, Red. Yeah, Befuddled so, Panda's yeah. recommendation was the series, not specifically yes. All Systems Red. Right. So that's, I think, an important distinction to make. Well, great. Well... Well, we have a lot to say about Murderbot Diaries, which we will say in a later episode. But for now, Befuddled Panda, thank you for the recommendation. And I will come back to this when we do the whole buddy read. And I finished the book because I'm about halfway through now. And I'll tell you, I'm chuckling. I'm not crying. But maybe that will change. We will see. Do you get... Well, okay. (laughs) Uh, We'll put a pin in this. If you want to talk more about Murderbot, check us out later in the week because we are going to be releasing a All Systems Red episode very soon. With Fiction Fans Podcast. Great segue. And it just so happens that the next comment comes from at Fiction Fans Pod, which is Sarah. It's Sarah and Lily, our Fiction Fans podcast, and, and they do absolutely awesome stuff over there. Highly recommend checking them out if you haven't gotten the chance yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sarah does kind of the equivalent of what I do, which is like all the uh, social media side of uh, their podcast. So anyway, they say, or Sarah says, really, uh, 
honestly, the only thing that's coming to mind right now is the place promised in our early days and Voices of a Distant Star, which are both movies and not books. Gorgeously animated and incredibly poignant, and Early Days has my favorite soundtrack ever. So, Charles, have you seen? I have not. Have you seen either of these movies? I have never heard of these movies before. I'm Google. Well, I'm doing a quick Google search. Yeah, I, I love animated movies. I love animation, mm-hmm. so it's already got my interest there. So my interest is peaked. Okay. Voices of a Distant Star. Never heard of it. Eh. Well, consider Charles's interest peaked, but his eyes dry <laughs> at this moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I well. Yeah, I had a little exchange with Sarah after this where uh, about some movies. I f- I was bawling when I watched um uh oh my god, I'm I'm blanking on the name to it right now. Oh, but it oh man. Which book uh, which movie is it? It's a it's a movie with a Bridge of Terabithia. Oh, Oh. that was a close moment there, Charles. That was like, because we don't do a lot of this, like, editing out the parts where we make mistakes. We just do it. So (laughs) that was going to be this moment because I didn't write anything down. I was like, oh, no. The Bridge of Terabithia is sad. Bridge of Terabithia. Have you seen that one? That movie Yeah, I saw that one. It came out years and years ago. I don't You were like a kid, probably. Yeah, I was. was Did you cry? Um, Probably. In 2007, so... Yeah, that was a quite a while ago. I was quite young. I saw it in the theaters. Yeah, that's a sad one. It gets into some really dramatic stuff. So yeah. that's a great recommendation for a movie. Absolutely. Do you think that... So Sarah went the route of movies here. And by the way, I think Sarah had read the Bridget Terabithia book, if I'm correct. Um, and she, I think she I've never found read it, it to be very poignant as well. But I think... Yeah, I haven't read the Bridget Terabithia book either. But... A, t- a topic of interest, Charles, mm-hmm. it, that maybe we won't get into in depth in our Rex episode, is like, do you think movies would have a better chance than books to make you cry? Or oh, equal? yeah, for sure. Because of the music and... Yeah, soundtrack. Like, it, it, the soundtrack can evoke so much emotion. And you know, as, especially for me, so if you play like a really sad song and show someone you know doing something really sad it's 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 way more likely for sure i had i was thinking of other books that had invoked a emotional response for me and i was looking at my library and there was only one that i could really say was another honorable mention and that's because it was also a really famous movie that i have not seen but it's um blue is the warmest color by julie moreau and this is actually okay. a graphic novel. She both wrote and illustrated it. Wow. And she's Ooh. incredibly... He's holding it up right now. I'm holding it up. I had it on my it desk. Looks it's a short... Very interesting. It's a short graphic novel. It's like 150 pages. So you could read it in like an hour. But it's like... I think Ooh. it's like a really long movie. It's like over two hours long. And interesting. It won, like, it won Cannes Film Festival and all that. So it was really artsy. But it's about a relationship and... It when I it basically it would be my recommendation for if you liked um, Paper Menagerie because mm. we talked you said Dylan that it has that moment in yes. it. This has a moment in it as well where it's like okay this is the sad part people <laughs> it's like okay yeah so if you like that where there's a sad moment that's happening and you're reading it and you're feeling emotional from it it's kind of like the payoff of the whole thing this has that. 
And the illustration is really, really interesting as well. The way they use color, it's obviously called blue is the warmest color. So that should get you thinking of the potential for art style here. But yeah, just wanted to yes. throw that out there as my honorable mention. It's not a fantasy book per se. It's even less fantasy than Paper Menagerie is. But uh, I wanted to throw it out there. Highly recommend. Blue is the warmest color. Julie Moreau. Never seen the movie, but people really love that movie. There's some controversy maybe around it because it's very it's like a sexually charged movie it's about relationships and sexuality and things like that so gotcha um, i think that's what kind of propelled it at the time it came out so if that sounds interesting to you highly recommend checking it out yeah no that sounds awesome i i definitely want to check that out and we got we even got book rec from charles for <laughs> book recommendations to make charles cry yeah, it, so. it, it was very similar to paper menagerie we we're like oh man this is so sad did you did you have allergies during it <laughs> maybe <laughs> Ooh. all right well that is yeah honorable mention from charles mention. i definitely want to check it out sure. and yeah we've got another a longtime listener and friend in Benjamin, who's a reviewer at Literature and Lo-Fi. And he recommend. I think he's he's got some Charles-like tendencies, I think, in the sense that he was like, uh, I think he was saying he hadn't really cried at anything. Uh, I could be wrong. Sorry, Benjamin, if I'm if I'm wrong on that. But your tweet starts with the nearest was <laughs> never die and pawns gambit by Rob Hayes. He he tagged at Rob of the Hayes, and that Spiffbo winner. Um, mm. That's a self published fantasy blog office Spiffbo, uh, run by friend of the show Mark Lawrence. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a that's an extremely high honor to win Spiffbo. So th- that should tell you a lot about Rob Hayes' work, which we haven't gotten the chance to check out yet. Um, so Benjamin goes on to say, but I was interested in the characters' house in the Cerulean. St- oh, sorry, that's like a separate sentence. I'm going to start over. The nearest was Never Die in Pawn's Gambit by Rob Hayes, but I was interested in the characters. House in the Cerulean Sea is a heartwarming story, which may make people cry with happiness. Charles, how do you feel about that? Cry with happiness. Has that ever happened to you before? And do you think it's possible? (sighs) Cry with (laughs) happiness? I mean, anything's possible, but... It's not typically what I do when I get really happy, so <laughs> I don't. It's not typically know. what you do, period. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. And from a book, that seems really challenging, but it, it's anything's possible. You've definitely got my interest peaked, Benjamin. Yeah. House in the Cerulean Sea. And I think I was having a conversation earlier on Twitter with this next Twitter user, Yellow Birdie, at YellowBirdie721, mm. about that book, House in the Cerulean Sea. Mm. Um, yeah, and same kind of thing. I've seen lots of people talk about this book through that same lens. I haven't read that book, but this kind of, like it's heartwarming and people have very strong emotional reactions to uh, house and Cerulean sea. And it's not from this, like it crushes your soul. It's from this, like uh, it just, it just hits you in the feels, which is in some ways even more impressive to make people like cry from happiness. It's a lot harder to make people cry from happiness than it is to make them cry from sadness, I think. But 
that being said, I think the book that Yellow Birdie recommended it is Sword of Kagan, um, which, uh, from what I've gathered, a, bo- a book that makes people more cry from <laughs> sadness. Uh, and Yellow Birdie said, it, uh, Sword of Kagan, it's a family drama set during wartime. Very tragic events that still hurt long after because of the raw emotions. Also, lots of magic and amazing fight scenes in between. And we have more on this one, Charles. Oh. Because friend of the show and Spiffbo finalist, Levi Jacobs, oh, uh, who we, we interviewed way back Levi. and is just a, a buddy of ours that we'll, we'll have on again, it, I imagine. Um, Hopefully. And yeah, Levi at IR Levi Jacobs uh, seconded Sword of Kagan by saying, there is a reason this one won the biggest indie fantasy contest last year because no one could stop weeping. And wow. I immediately, after Yellow Birdie and Levi said all these things about, I immediately bought this book. So I now oh, have it on my Kindle. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah. So I will be, I will be getting into this at some point. I don't know when, but I've put myself in the position where <laughs> I own it at least, yeah, and I'm very interested in this. It so sounds key. right up my alley. I feel like there's the like family drama and interpersonal relationships and tragedy. I've also heard it pitched as having elements of Avatar The Last Airbender type magic okay, system. Okay, okay. Yeah, and hitting like hitting that with more adult themes and notes and things like that. So it's, yeah, I very highly endorsed and yeah. yeah how this. could you not? I mean, yeah, from Levi too. That's great. All right. Yeah. I, sort of Kagan. I, I'm interested. Yeah, and let me. Oh, I we probably good idea to say the the author M L Wong. M L Wong, cool. So yeah. Kagan. Oh, a Theonite War Story by M L Wong. Cool, awesome. Yeah, that's ex- all right. It's always exciting when you, 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 you somehow these recommendations just come together. I, I I love doing these because now I'm just excited about these new books that weren't even on my radar before. Like I never knew this existed, but Spiffbo finalist uh, winner and highly recommended by Levi saying no one could stop weeping. Yellow birdie dropping it as well. I mean, come on. Yeah. How could you not? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's hard not to. So we and I could not resist. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. That adds a whole nother yeah. layer. <laughs> yes. And uh, by the way, Yellow Birdie has a Discord that I, I am a member in. So oh. yeah, shout out to to the Discord and to shout Yellow Birdie. Out. So yeah, that's a great one. I really want to get into that as soon as I can. So shall we keep it rolling here? Let's go, Charles. All right. Well. Uh, we're getting one here from uh, our friend Nils over at uh, the Fantasy Hive, uh, and that's her personal account is at Nils Reviews It. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, these were not surprising recommendations, knowing Nils's taste. Uh, she recommended Stormlight Archives by the great Brandon Sanderson, and she also recommended Anything by John Gwynn. And said, these two authors have made me cry the most. Yeah. So, Dylan, and- is Storm? You've read 
most of what's been published from Stormlight Archive. Yes. Have you been emotional at any point? Yes. Oh. And this is interesting. I I think I had an exchange with Nils after this that was along these lines, too, which was when when she said that, I was like, wait, did that make me cry? And the thing that stuck out to me was, I think it is one of the characters, Dalinar's first chapter, like first point of view chapter for this character, who's my, Mm -hmm. I think my favorite character in the Stormlight Archive, uh, is just, it was so epic and awe-inducing and like a full, it was like a short, like an amazing short story (laughs) of character arc in just a single chapter in this giant Stormlight Archive book uh, way of king the way of kings uh, and it was so it just induced so much awe to me and i was like reading it in a diner many years ago uh, and just like getting through this chapter and i do think i might have just started crying like <laughs> in the middle of this diner just reading this book and i was like not ready for it it was just like oh just like because the scene is not tragic it is more like this and it's not even like happiness it was just like this is so awesome that just like tears started coming out of my oh, eyes that's fantastic. so like yeah, so it was not the typical way that it was not paper menage, how paper menagerie made me cry. It was a totally other thing. It was just it's so epic, and that's like you know leave it to Brandon Sanderson to make you cry from just something being sheer epicness. I'll let you. I want to say more about like the John Gwynn stuff, but yeah, Charles, reactions. Reactions. Are you crying? Uh, I am. A, I'm feeling some stuff right now, man. I mean, you, like high praise has always been said about Stormlight Archives. I've I've gone on record as it's one of the biggest gaps in my like in my reading experience as a fantasy podcaster. <laughs> it's like I feel like Stormlight's one of those big gaps that I just I just need to read because so many people have recommended it for multiple different recommendation series, and so many of our peers. Um, have done lots of great content about it. And it, it, it seems to be that Brandon Sanderson continues to improve with his work. And so much of what I've read from him is like his older work that to see where he is now, it doesn't seem possible, but the way the guy approaches writing and studies it and just keeps putting those reps and publishing book after book, I'm excited to see like where he's ended up now. I'm sh- I'm sure it's incredible and I'm really excited to, to get yeah. into it one of these days it's just such a huge investment for us like if we decide to read it on the show it's like a huge commitment so we're just trying to get our schedule ready for that but it's it's got my attention as it's good that it has your attention charles because yeah. it's it's incredible and i mean like you're saying i feel like sanderson has come such a long way and he had a He's had a great starting place with Elantris and then Mistborn and all these, and of course the Wheel of Time books. Though mm-hmm. I haven't read the, those those final books ones. yet. Yeah. yeah, the final ones. I've read the first three, which were just Robert Jordan. Um, but yeah, what he's doing now is even better, I think. And Stormlight Archive is we've used the phrase magnum opus to describe that one, and we also have talked a little bit about Skyward that I'm reading right now. And Skyward had me that kind of tears in your eyes moment, the misty eyed, like you'd say, Charles, um, no pun intended around Miss Bourne or anything. Um, 
the misty-eyed feeling from just a prologue of Skyward. I'm not done with it yet. We'll see if it has a real emotional ending because I'm on the verge with that one. I really connect with uh, the main character, Spence, uh, in that. So Sanderson, a great recommendation for trying to get um, anyone to cry, I I think, uh, Charles included. Um, So, yes. And Charles, speaking of gaps in our... (laughs) <laughs> not just yours, but both of our reading in the fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. The biggest one might be Nils' other recommendation, which was John Gwynn's work. Yeah. So that's The Faithful and the Fallen is some of John Gwynn's work. And then coming up now is The Shadow of the Gods. Um, yeah. That one I have been hearing. The buzz around just John Gwynn's work in general and this upcoming book, The Child of the Gods, is amazing. Really and I hear such incredible things from so many yeah. folks that have taste, I think, lines up well with my own. And everyone keeps saying that they think we'll both enjoy it and that kind of stuff. So I cannot wait because, Charles, we will be reading The Shadow of the Gods in wow. May when it releases, which is now like a month away, which is so weird. <laughs> to, yeah, I think we're literally yeah. recording this. Um, like a month, it might be a month before the day it releases. I could be wrong about that, but it releases oh, in nice. May. Yeah. And it's less than a month away. I would imagine by the time you are hearing this dear listener. So I can't wait. Thank you for the rec Nils. And Nils is one of the, the folks who wrote an amazing review about this, that, uh, about John Gwen's The Shadow of the Gods. that has me excited. So awesome. Yeah. Yes. I'm exci- I- I've, been excited the cover alone is epic and then oh, yeah. all the buzz for months now the buzz that we've seen pop up about it it has yeah can't can't wait to get into it in may so right yeah here hopefully maybe will will it be as sad as his previous work who knows um, here's hoping <laughs> well <laughs> if that's what I he intends by to this be point <laughs> yeah i think by this point nils had read uh oh okay good okay good Good, yeah, was good. drawing from. Oh, exciting! Well. So we can we can come back and revisit this after. We oh yeah, hopefully months. you'll be crying a month from now, Charles. <laughs> Here's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's make sure that we grab the next recommendation, which is from Kate Hutchson at Hutchson Cat, and that is a thousand year old ghosts by Laura Chow. Sorry, Laura Chow Reeve. Or Story of Your Life by Ted Chang. Hmm. Do either of these ring a bell to you, Charles? No, I've never. This Are you is crying a, This has right been an now? interested. Yeah. It, it sounds kind of scary, A Thousand Year Old Ghosts, but I will. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. This has been an interesting recommendation series because people are pulling out some really interesting works. And a lot of these I've never heard of before. And these are two, A Thousand Year Old Ghosts and Story of Your Life, neither of which I've, I've heard of before. Yeah. Yeah, so mean story of your life rang a bell for me as like that's a thing I've heard of at some point. <laughs> um but yeah, it does not yeah, and it's it's from Tor. Um and it so, you know, science fiction. Uh, so yeah. And it is a science fiction novella. It was p- first published in 1998 and it was originally published it looks like as a short story and it was nominated for the 1999 hugo award for best novella so this is like serious you know serious acclaimed stuff it just predates kind of our 
we, we were pretty young at that point, Charles. Yeah. Even yeah. you. And, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're your part. And, uh, and yeah, so I guess we, we just weren't involved in the genre or community yet at that age. And uh, I was probably like six or seven. So, yeah, it, but, you know, this is, this is stuff that I think is definitely worth a read, uh, and novella is always appealing. I think because it's quick. So, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! I'm ex- both of these seem really interesting. So, and and they're both novellas, short stories. So these are things we could pick up relatively soon, which is exciting. So, yeah, thank you for the Rex. That's great. Yeah. So sh- let's keep it rolling. Keep we've it got rolling. we've got another in endorsement for House in the Cerulean Sea from Rogier, the City Beautiful uh, at Ro Capri. And they also mentioned Song of Achilles. Um, so, Charles, either of those ringing a bell or making House of Cerulean just... Sea rings a bell from earlier yes, in this well, episode, but before today, fair. no. And then Song of Achilles, I've uh, never heard of either. So this has yes. been, uh, <laughs> I got some Googling to do. <laughs> so Song of Achilles is a New York Times bestseller, Charles. Okay. And nice. so the part of the pitch here is a thrilling, profoundly moving and utterly unique retelling of the legend of Achilles and the Trojan War from the bestselling author, author of Cirque. And that's Madeline Miller. Mm. And I, Yeah. So that's a big pop. I I really didn't know know a lot about it either. So, but New York Times bestseller. New York Times bestseller. How could you not give it a shot? Right. That's awesome. Oh, and speaking of, (laughs) probably worth mentioning the author of the House of the. Sorry, it's the House in the Cerulean Sea. I think. I don't know if I've been saying of, but the house in the Cerulean Sea is also a New York Times, USA Today, and Washington Post bestseller, and that and that was published in March, and a 2021 Alex Award winner. It's a, all these things and an Indie Next pick, and it's by T.J. Clune. So that's like yeah, I mean, we're pitching some oh, real amazing Rex here. <laughs> these are some impressive cuts, uh, and. That's just to go back to say, if yeah, if a book's making you cry, it's such a huge accomplishment. So not easy to do. It's no surprise yeah. to me that so many of these well, are padded with all kinds of awards. Yeah, that may be true. But yeah, I was going to say it's, you know, no surprise that a lot of these we've looked up. I'm like, oh, they've won all kinds of awards, nominated for all kinds of awards. And um, this has been a really interesting list of books, quite an eclectic collection. I'm excited to pick at some of these from my tbr list <laughs> for sure and when you're talking about eclectic collections you've definitely got one nice. in david s's uh, 11 books slash series that uh, made him cry uh, which that's david s on twitter at at book meanderings and an awesome dude who has been was a huge part of like welcoming us into the community for sure that we're oh, yeah. super grateful for and uh, definitely enjoy continuing to interact with. And uh, he's over at fanfiaddict.com and uh, just doing awesome stuff like this list, which Charles will put in the, in the liner notes, right, Charles? Sure. Or, yeah. Is that even what it's called? The liner notes? It's just the description. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> the episode description. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
but David S's work is awesome and he's just a super nice dude. And we're always happy when he stops by. And this time he stopped by to uh, post that awesome list. And I looked through that list, Charles, and something that there's a lot of great stuff on there, but one of the things that stuck out on there is something that I feel like would be relatively easy to get you to actually to pin you down and get you to read you know this is book recommendations to make charles cry and we want to actually hashtag make (laughs) well hashtag mission make charles cry we want to make you cry so this is during the dance by friend of the show mark lawrence uh, who you i know you love his work i'm interested (laughs) another awesome another awesome person who helped welcome us into the community (laughs) on twitter for sure and it's a freely available short story Mm -hmm. and oh which by the way maybe another thing to put in those wonderful episode description certainly charles and that one so i read that because so it's only two thousand words it's very quick and you that one i literally at some point was just on twitter and mark lawrence tweeted how long he estimated it takes to read it and that it was free and i just like opened it on my phone and read it like (laughs) like spur of the moment and that one did get me to cry so And it's always, you know, kind of like the paper menagerie in the sense of being able to just hit you so quick is very impressive, like hit you in the feels so quick. Yeah. Uh, and Mark Lawrence, this is something I, I said to him right after that, that he, like this is I was amazed and it continues to show how much I guess it's like I'm trying to remember the word that I I use, but his range is, I think, the word I use, mm. like his range as an author, because you would not when you read this charles if you didn't know it was mark lawrence you would not be like oh it must be the author of prince of thorns it's yeah. very very <laughs> different um, awesome. but it's incredible and hit me right in the feels so i yeah charles what do you think can i can i get you to read during the dance <laughs> by friend of the show mark lawrence yeah i mean that's a to me, it's a slam dunk. Friend of the show, Mark Lawrence, of course. And then I click the link, and it is so short, guys. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, if you've got a few moments on your phone, just give it a give it a yeah. chance. And I'm curious to see the range of Mark Lawrence. You know, we've I've read two series from him. I thought they were fantastic, and he's did a lot to welcome us to the community on Twitter, like you said. So I've got the time to read a short story, and like you said, it's not a mission make Charles cry if I don't actually read any of these things. So <laughs> it would just be a poor mission, yeah, it, it <laughs> a would, failed mission. Yeah, it would just, so yeah, that's a seems like a better place to start than any other. So why not? Well, yeah, you're already in Murderbot, so that one. That's no true. Choice. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's definitely an easy one that I thought, I, yeah, we could get you on board for. So, Charles, we'll we'll continue we'll continue to monitor that <laughs> developing situation. Thank you. Yes, we will continue to monitor it, see where it goes. But very mm-hmm. promising, very promising. Yep. All right. Well. Let's keep it rolling. And thank you to David for that awesome, I mean, for the whole list, which I highly recommend everyone check out that one. Um, Then we had another, we had an author stop by in Nick Martell. Uh, 
That's uh, the author of The Legacy of the Mercenary King, which is Kingdom of Liars and the Two-Faced Queen. And, and uh, that's at Mac Martell. And Nick said, anything Robin Hobb has written about fits. Uh-huh. I think those books are designed to break hearts. And here's the thing, Charles. <laughs> I've read Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb, and I haven't read anything else yet. I do not think Assassin's Apprentice got me to cry. No. Um, it's, and the interesting thing here, Charles, we had a kind of role reversal with this one where this was one that you approached me after reading the whole trilogy years ago, uh, the whole Farseer trilogy. There's plenty more out there. Right, right. The initial and, trilogy, yeah. Yes. And you were telling me how you thought, like, I would really enjoy finishing the series because of how it explores, like, relationships and really hit you in the feels. It hit yes. you in the feels, that, yes. that trilogy. This, you didn't cry, Nick- but... Nick yeah, Martell, this is feels. a fantastic recommendation. Uh, I did not cry, but it was very emotional. And it wasn't from the first book. You have to read the trilogy because the way this trilogy ends, and I mentioned this in our Friends Pitching Fantasy episode where I did pitch this to you to read on the show because mm. I feel like now is the time after we've read King Killer and and maybe now that we've read Earthsea, that we can revisit Robin Hobb and um, yeah. the Farseer trilogy and and see how these kind of similar themes about relationship and the individual and like this idea of themes about the self as opposed to themes of like sprawling <laughs> uh, war faring environments, uh, politics and things, and how putting in more of a dedicated introspective approach works and how it pays off with Robin Hobb is you are just so emotionally invested in this character you have such an intimate understanding of Fitz by the end of this that when this book does like end you close the back cover and you're just like whoa like I I remember where I was when I finished this book because it did impact me I, I was on the Long Island Railroad coming back from Manhattan going to Long Island on my commute home from work and I was like, this is an inappropriate place for me to be feeling these kinds of things. But uh, at least I have the opportunity to sit oh, with Charles, it and process it. Oh, Charles, never inappropriate. To... <laughs> Maybe that's why you didn't well, cry. It's, you it's didn't like your diner story to... where you're like, I'm doing this in a diner. And then I was the like, difference, though, Charles, <laughs> is I just started crying in a diner. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like I don't know if I would have cried, but it was it was more impactful, right? Where it you have to like t- you have to like exhale and think about it for a second because you're like, wow, what an accomplishment and like what a way to end this trilogy and it leaves you a lot to think about. So yeah, I, great series, and I'm really curious to have you, Dylan, revisit it and finish the trilogy just for those reasons. And I think Nick Martell is tying into those emotional things really well i haven't read anything else i know there's a lot of fits in the fool stories that go on from that trilogy i haven't read those but i can only imagine uh, what they can be like based of what i've read and it's a really great recommendation yeah i think so too this is kind of this is an interesting series i'll get into more in depth by at at some point like my history with it but i it's one that I am probably like most excited to revisit of maybe Good. anything I can think of. So can't wait. Great wreck. Let's keep it rolling, which it, yeah, we have uh, one, another one of our friends over on 
Twitter. This is uh, Eleni, and that's Eleni, uh, the Twitter handle. Sorry, I'm losing my place on the on the sheet right now. Uh, <laughs> the t- Twitter handle uh, for Eleni is at Eleni Argero. And uh, Eleni, she has, uh, she's involved on a lot of like blogs and stuff that are great to check out. One of them is uh, the uh, Late Night Books, and that's latenightbooks.com, uh, or sorry, latenightbooks.com.wordpress.com. And uh, she has awesome stuff over there, and she also does awesome stuff on Before We Go blog, which is a Beth Tabler's blog. Uh, that's at Beth Tabler. Uh, and uh, that's also a blog where I recently joined the team. Nice. Is, yeah, before we go blog. I've not written anything yet, but <laughs> Beth is, uh, has been very great and cordial in, uh, and patient, probably more, most of all, in terms of me actually writing content for her blog. But that's the plan. And uh, let's not uh, let me <laughs> try to steal the spotlight from Eleni, who's got a recommendation to try to make Charles cry. And that's what this is all about. And Eleni said, I was definitely tearing up by the end of the Great Coats Tetralogy. And we've talked about Great Coats on here before, Charles. Did you did you remember that? Um, no. When did we okay. talk about it? We talked about it, I believe, as one of the... It was in one of our recommendations episodes. Okay. And the way that it's it's come off to me, it's kind of this, like... Swash. I haven't read it. Um, if that wasn't clear already, it, it's a swashbuckling, roguish type story that gets compared a lot to a series that you have quite a bit of history with, uh, despite not reading it, oh which boy. is the lies <laughs> or the gentleman bastard sequence beginning with Lies Lock Lamora. Um, Great Coats. The author is Sebastian de Castell, and. It begins with Trader's Blade, and it's kind of this, like, I've I've had exchanges with Elaine about this. It's like, you know, if you're a fan of something like Pirates of the Caribbean and, the, like, Captain Jack Sparrow type and this witty dialogue and things like that, then you'll get recommendations for this series. And what was interesting to me here is, like, because I hadn't read it, I never thought of it as a book that, like, hits you in the feels, because I thought of it more as this, like, witty banter, uh, roguish shtick. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see it's got both sides to it. Yeah, no, it seems really interesting. I'm looking at it now. I do remember the covers now that I see them, and the author's name rings a bell, Sebastian de Castell. How can you go wrong? A swashbuckling adventure? Like, come on, sign me up. Yeah. Are you signing up, Charles? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I'm ready for a, a, what is it called? A tetralogy? <laughs> but uh, it's it's on the TVR. It's, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there would be probably a revolt on Twitter if you read this one before reading, just because it gets compared <laughs> yeah. to like That's the Liza Locklemore a lot. It'd be like, wait, Charles is reading the thing everyone says is like this, the Gentleman <laughs> Bastard series, and he's still not reading Gentleman <laughs> Bastard. So I think you're excused here, Charles. For and sure. And I mean, when, we'll it, comes, when it starts coming yeah. up multiple times in these recommendation series, you have to start taking note of it as well. So it's like, okay, well, yeah, <laughs> it's creeping up the TBR just for those reasons. Yeah, I think it was the Kinkiller Chronicle wreck. 
that King Killer Chronicle Wreck and Mission Make Charles Cry Wreck. And like, Mission Make Charles how Cry. How can you That's, not? How does that not right. have you interested already? Just from that. And and on the topic of the King Killer Chronicle and Mission Make Charles Cry, we have a recommendation from Phantology. Oh, Phantology podcast. You probably heard us. <laughs> have conversations with them if you've listened to those episodes or at least talk about them they're fantastic podcasts uh, that uh, do all sorts of bookish uh, mostly fantasy content that's at phantology underscore books and this almost definitely came from steven because that's where the tweets uh, come from for the most part from the phantology podcast twitter account Um, and he said i can think of two big crying moments for me in my reading history one in wise man's fear like king killer chronicle by Patrick Rothfuss when Quoth is on the rooftops and reflecting about his parents. Uh, that was, yeah. And one at the end of Rhythm of War, which is Stormlight Archive again. And he said, you know the part, which I had to clarify, no, because that's the one book I haven't read yet in the Stormlight <laughs> Archive because it came out right before. People who we... read it will probably know the part. Yes, they'll know the part, okay. I'm sure. <laughs> which makes me pumped to get to Rhythm of War. That one's kind of one that I would have jumped right on if we weren't doing FTF at the time and uh, it's right. changed kind of my reading schedule and stuff like that. But yeah, can't wait to get to book four of the Stormlight Archive and then Wise Man's Fear uh, that moment is definitely, I won't get into details, and, and Stephen did a great job of not saying spoilers while making the parts clear. And yeah, Charles, we've read the King Killer Chronicle. We love the King Killer Chronicle. We love the I King Killer cry, Chronicle. I cry at the King Killer Chronicle. What happens to you, Charles, during, I mean, I cry just like when Denna's getting back on the page during my reread i'm like oh no oh, here God. it comes yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. was right away no i, I talk about i've yeah. read what about you Charles? name of the wind and wise man's fear i i love them we've spent and slow we've regard dedi- and slow regard i've read that too we've dedicated a lot of hours to talking about <laughs> um patrick roth's work yeah a lot of it's involving <laughs> denna but I've never even come close to crying oh, no. reading this series, and that's not a bad thing. It just doesn't hit, like I love these books, but it just doesn't hit me that way. I'm I'm just so interested in the story and Quoth as a character and the way it's narrated and and all these other things. Its place in the in the fantasy world, just like from a meta perspective, like I'm I'm so invested in all these things and Patrick's incredible writing. But it's never moved me to tears. And hmm. I, I wonder if that is a unique experience. Like, I didn't even think that oh, it was no. just a book that makes people move to move to tears. But between you and Phantology, maybe it is. I don't know. And, yeah, it's like, well, this is another thing that I see a little bit more of by being out there on the social media accounts and stuff. Yeah. I could see why you would read it. And if it didn't affect you in that way, you'd like you'd think, oh, like, why? I mean, you do hear me. I mean, you've heard our... We had our name and win discussion, all this kind of stuff. How many times have I said, like, oh, I got choked up as soon as Denno got back on the... Yeah, it's but like I wasn't that sure stuff, but because it spoke to you just so me. directly. <laughs> like, if you had such a connection to it. And, like, I, I never thought that that was, like, something to expect from most readers, that they'd be able oh, to... Oh, no, this connect. is, like, the... When King Killer Chronicle gets brought up in a lot of at least the... Like the exchanges I have in the community with a lot of folks, people like David David S would be in the mix on that. It's like the that crying emoji 
just starts coming out. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. everyone's just like, they'll like say a quote and then it'll just be like three of those crying emojis. And oh, yeah, that's like the, the, I would say the rep that it has is a book that definitely hits you in the feel. So yep. Another, another book that lot. And you know, uh, Stephen, Stephen's basically like, there's two big crying moments. So I, and he doesn't, uh, you know, I, from our interactions, Stephen, he doesn't seem like he's like the person who's always bawling at all these different books. And I got the sense from this comment too that it's like you know he'll he'll cry if something hits him really hard, and these two did. And it's yeah, it's telling that one is the King Killer Chronicle. That's yeah, and Stormlight, not the first time that it's appeared in this episode today. So between the like, man, I I'm so excited to read Stormlight and. I love King Killer so much. So too, those yeah. Phantology, those are two Titan recommendations, I'd say. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, they didn't make me cry, so you know, better luck next time. But uh, well, we'll see with Stormlight. We'll see with Stormlight. Yeah, that's you're getting this exciting. again. This is these. these Just, are I've never two cried awesome reading folks. Sanderson before, but he's so talented in the way you've described it as his best work yet. Like I am open to it, and I'm thinking that this is a strong possibility. So um, let's hope it's exciting. We can only hope. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, a series that you certainly have read, Charles, is going to come up in this next recommendation from Courtney W. at Living the Lib Life, uh, nice. and that that is the final book in R.F. Kuang's Poppy War trilogy destroyed me. Ah. The entire series has moments, but the finale <laughs> definitely takes the. V meaning very, I think here brutal cake, mm-hmm. and I would I would definitely agree that it takes the very brutal cake. Yes, um, and the, uh, the there's another part to Zarek Charles that's going to open a whole can of worms. So let's just start by let's talking address, about the poppy because we war let's a address yes. RF Kuang's poppy war because we yes. have processed these already. <laughs> we <laughs> yes. we actually have done our own. Um, you know, buddy read of the Poppy War trilogy where we talked about it. And we also were guests on Phantology's podcast for yeah, the for final the book, God. The Burning God, in R.F. Kuang's Poppy War trilogy. And, okay, you'll notice that in Phantology's two crying moments, one of them was not from the Poppy Ooh, War trilogy. There we go, And Charles. that's because we had this discussion of, like, it was, I think everyone agrees, taking the very brutal cake. Everyone on... Oh, yes. Yes, go on. So taking the very brutal cake is accurate, but mm-hmm. we there's this difference between like this emotional connection and then this like very brutal connection. And a lot of Arf Kwong's fans, you know, she dedicated that last book to her fans and mentioned the Bucket of Tears, which this yes. is famous. So this is a very solid recommendation, but... Uh, Dylan, I don't want to speak for you, but from our when we did talk about the ending of this trilogy and just about all these moments throughout the Poppy War trilogy that's famous for these bucket of tears moments, we were like it. We weren't crying because it's more of this like it's heartbreaking, but it's not emotional. Like it's not tr- it's not like depressing emotional for, response. For us, it was not. Right. I think it would be. Rem- it's clearly a series that has made lots and lots of people absolutely bald. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen videos. I've seen, you know, like yeah. people are posting this stuff out there. Um, it's, I guess for me, I, I think the 
thing so yeah i'm i've said many times probably already on here things have made me cry and the poppy war trilogy despite being famous for this like rf or rebecca kwong says bring your bucket for your tears <laughs> it just yeah it didn't elicit that kind of reaction for me i thought it was a, it's one of my favorite series ever uh, it is yeah it is incredible rin as a protagonist is one of my i think one of the most compelling and interesting characters for me that i have ever read and just the we won't talk about what the actual events of the ending that you know you can hear us talk about that in multiple podcasts <laughs> on mythology <laughs> on our own spoiler right. glory yes. you can go and check those out <laughs> for sure and for me there was there was just something that didn't hit me in the feels to the same extent despite me being like as an ending to a series this is extremely satisfying and powerful that's yes that's well said so it is a powerful ending and it was just a different kind of emotional response for us yes and great recommendation though especially when you're talking about series famous for making people cry for sure so highly recommend rf kuang's poppy war but did it hashtag mission make charles cry no but it was a great wreck and i love that book so well courtney has another great wreck charles oh yes 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 (laughs) and i see that i see it on the notes yes That wreck has to do with a whole nother mission centered around you, Charles, that many folks are on. And that is The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch. And the mission that a lot of folks are on is to get you to read this series that I've pitched to you (laughs) twice already in separate fans pitching fantasy episodes. But Courtney says The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch was an unexpected gut punch, had no clue what I was getting myself into, and then suddenly. And just cut off, which is a great voice, by the way. Like, it's a great tweet just to say. And then suddenly. But yes, that we've talked a lot about The Lies of Locke Lamora more than any book we've never read. Well, I've read um, (laughs) to make that clear (laughs) more than any book that we have not read on the podcast. I would say we've talked about Lies of Locke Lamora. So I see what they're I see what Courtney is getting at here. I know exactly the moment. And I won't say any more. Yeah. Great yeah. book. Read it. Great book. Everyone. And I want to make and it clear Charles. the reason we haven't read it is because <laughs> yes. he pitched it against Patrick Rothfuss's King Killer Chronicles. And then he pitched it again, Joe Albert Crombie with Wisdom of Crowds coming out this did year. Did I? Yes, you did. I thought I pitched it. No, I thought I pitched I did with the King Killer Chronicle. I know I thought I pitched it I thought I pitched it with um I can't remember the third book, but I think it was Here's what I think. I think it was Red Sister by friend of the show, Mark Lawrence. Uh-huh. I think it was then, of course, no. the Gentleman Bastard sequence by Scott Lynch. And I also think that I did The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. That would be my guess. I could be wrong, but that's how I remember it. Oh, man. Now we're going to have to go back and check because Later. I thought for sure the only reason I didn't pick it was because I wanted to read Joe Abercrombie again. So I, I don't think that was... Yeah. I could be wrong. 
Okay, well, we'll check. My memory is different from yours, but uh, anyway, it's Dylan's fault. That's the whole point. Okay. Is what I'm trying that's to get point. to on this, and that's because uh, y- y- you've given me some really tough choices in friends pitching fantasy. But it is at the top of my TBR. I think if I were to not pick it again, there, I could not show my face on Twitter. Uh, mm. So it, it, it... You barely do that anyway. <laughs> I barely do it anyway, but this time it would be like for for real <laughs> i just have to delete your account <laughs> yeah just have to not go and read the comments of the friends talking fantasy page but yeah that's a great rec that's come up on almost every single recommendations episode that we've recorded so um it's it's at the top of my tbr for sure yeah so and charles it is also my fault that you didn't read it for your like decade of fantasy reading before we start a podcast right i'm glad you were big enough to admit that dylan thank yeah. you yeah <laughs> hey, we're not sure why that's the case but it it, it must be because it, it is my fault i guess no dylan so, okay you recommended the blade itself the long way to a small angry planet and I lies pitched? of lock Lamora. okay yeah. you okay. pitched those yeah. three that's that's okay. You got it. You got. I, so I believe give you. Give me a break here. What am I supposed well, to what? do? You wouldn't get a break. I mean, if you chose it, if you chose friend of the show, Mark Lawrence's uh, book of the ancestor, that's that is excusable too. I mean, that's an incredible series. So I pick three great series. What can I say? Yeah, but the whole thing was the, the timely release of a new of the newest book in that okay. universe. Was the, you're the, saying in Joe Abercrombie's Age of Madness? Yeah, that's what you're saying. Okay, well, let's no further ado. We always get derailed with. uh, (laughs) I was right though for the gentleman past you pitched Red Sister, Murderbot, and Kings of the Wild was was when you pitched was when you pitched Red Sister. Oh yeah, and and not picking King of the Wild or Murderbot were also two really tough things too. But we're we're trying to make amends. We're getting through those. We're reading Murderbot now. Yeah, like uh. And then I've got Kings of the Wild on the top of my TBR as well. So we're, we're getting through them all. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get through all of them. Yeah, you're going to, Charles, I'm going to make you pay during our next Friends Pitching Fantasy <laughs> too. I think. I've already begged you not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, uh, well, oh, okay. Well, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. I've got a lot more we to say. we got a lot of rights but, here. <laughs> right. All right. So we've got... Uh, Another recommendation for John Gwynn's Faithful and the Fallen, which is from Bags at Bag On with two N's. And Bags said, Faithful and the Fallen, John Gwynn crushes my soul. And we actually had John Gwynn himself wow, stop yeah, by amazing. on the Twitter thread. <laughs> and that's at John Gwynn underscore. And John Gwynn had a very concise and well-written tweet, which was uh, right after hearing that his book had crushed poor Bags' soul. John (laughs) Gwynn said, this makes me happy. (laughs) So that is awesome. I love it. And you guys just have to put this in perspective here. This whole thing is a recommendation for me specifically. (laughs) Mission makes (laughs) Charles cry. Right, everyone is sharing these moments where they've read these books or watched these movies where they have big, 
incredibly vulnerable, right? All these award-winning things. And then you have John Gwynn coming in talking about how happy he is that this book has crushed someone's soul on a thread of people <laughs> trying to make me cry. It's it's a bizarre feeling. I feel like I have to... Like, how can you not respond to something like that? It's incredible. It's like, I guess I have to really... I'm so excited for May to, to read Shadow of the Gods. Such a yeah, crazy I'm, experience. Like, I don't know what to say. It's wild. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a one, a, another one of those moments that is, uh, yeah, very... It's it's surreal and like it's like the internet it's just the wackiness of the internet is like you you tag john gwynn an author that you see his work all the time in bookstores and then he just shows up and says something it's like <laughs> wacky and and yeah so it was cool i yeah. thank you yeah. john gwynn for stopping by thank you, thank you bags at bag on for the recommendation john gwynn the second time he's come up and we will be reading shadow of gods in may highly looking forward to it Yes, that's it. Oh, and by the way, I I want to make sure that I thank the folks who retweeted uh, and or quote tweeted. Uh, by the way, even if they didn't make Rex, so one of the best ways to contribute and help us is retweeting and quote tweeting. Uh, so let me give those shout outs before uh, we we get to the rest of these, which is uh, shout out to the Medjay of Phagem, uh book blogger slash reviewer at Matter World Twelve. And shout out to Run Along Womble. That's at Run Along Womble. So thank y'all, and we'll keep this rolling here. Let's do it. So the next review that's come up from is from a book that we just mentioned, Kings of the Wild. And yes. this was recommended by Logan F. Goodner at Logan Goodner 7. And Dylan, you've read Kings of the Wild. What do you have to say about these sneaky cry moments that Logan is hinting at? Yes. Here? I like to say humorous and heartfelt in equal measure around Kings of the Wild by Ooh, Nicholas Eames. Well and that is pretty much what's happening here. I think if this one, I don't think this made me cry, but it definitely had these moments of hitting me in the feels. And I think that if it makes you, I basically don't think anything that didn't make me cry is likely to make you cry, Charles, but we'll see. <laughs> um, I do think lots of people cry at it. And if you cry, it'll probably be because it's like, has you laugh. You could cry from laughter. Maybe Charles, maybe it's that's, might be the best chance so yeah it's like it brings you up with these hilarious moments and then just hits you hard it's kind of that dramatic shift that might have a chance so that that's that one i think okay yeah. great well that's awesome um that's again that's another one where dylan has to make me choose between some of these crazy series that i would love to read and i have to not pick two of them you know so i'm super excited to read kings of the wild at some point so you guys are touching on some great rex i'm excited yeah so many awesome ones and we've got another awesome contribution from fantasy book nerd that's at fancy book nerd who's another wonderful folk in, in the community he mm -hmm. uh re does reviews and posts on fancybooknerd.com highly recommend checking that stuff out and then fancy book nerd said Ooh, hard time with this one, because on the whole, I am not a gusher. Made of stone, me, you know? <laughs> Which is very fancy book nerd's voice. Yeah. FBN, as I like to call fancy book nerd. And FBN continued, but Call of the Bone Ships is pretty cutting emotional-wise. And this is someone of your own heart, Charles, who doesn't 
doesn't really cry. Cut made from stone. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that qualifier because that's what we need in this hashtag mission yeah. make Charles cry. So I'm I'm ready. Thank you for yeah. that wreck. No, we need people who have been just broke like somehow <laughs> broke through their stony exteriors <laughs> to actually get them to cry if we're gonna have any shot here with that's Charles. Awesome. Do you think that's right, Charles? I think that's fair. Uh, it makes me sound a little uh, <laughs> cut off emotionally, but you know what? It's mission but... make Charles cry, and that's just what we're here to do today. And this kind of perspective is necessary if we're going to make this happen. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and that is RJ Barker called The Bone Chips. So for any folks who want to check that one out, and Fancy Book Nerd is uh, always up to date with a lot of these awesome stuff that. You know, Charles and I haven't read that one. Great. So then Jake Bush Bishop came in at Jake Bishop one and said, uh, live ship, the sword of Kagan, uh, the second trilogy in realm of the elderlings, multiple Malazan books, uh, LST by Robin Hobb, multiple Dresden books, uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> right? Jim Butcher is a Dresden. Um, and Steven Erickson is Malazan. Um, the trilogy featuring the Pirate Kennet, Pirate Kennet, multiple Cosmere books, the Fi Farseer trilogy, more Robin Hobb, multiple Wheel of Time books, the Live Ship Traders <laughs> trilogy. So this is kind of like, I feel like Jake's coming in here with this like, Jake's probably a little bit more like me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jake, like, like a lot of this can only be so cry. long. This is too many. Dresden, Wheel of Time, the Cosmere, Robin yes. Hobb. You know, these are all fantastic Rex. Amazing Rex. Malazan. I mean, it's got my head spinning. I, it's it's interesting. I, I, I'm curious to see what parts perhaps of Wheel of Time or the Cosmere will invoke the most emotion. I have a feeling that with Cosmere, it's going to be a lot of Stormlight stuff, which I'm really excited to get into. Robin Hobb, we've discussed, you know, I highly recommend it for someone looking for an emotional, emotional series. And some of these other ones I have not read are in great company. So they have piqued my interest. Yeah. And Sword of Kagan is in the mix again. So that's right. Sword that's, of Kagan coming back. Yeah. I, that's true. All right. Well, Malazan came up in that one, and Malazan came up again from Dark Portents. Uh, that's at D Portents. And Dark Portents said, Malazan, if the second book can't make you cry, then nothing will. And Charles, you've read the uh, second book of most Malazan. Of it. I didn't finish right? it. Right? Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, wow. I. Uh, I read the first book and then I read maybe about half, three quarters of the second book. That's Deadhouse Gates, if I'm remembering correctly. And it was tragic. Maybe I didn't get to the point that Dark Potence or Portence is. Um, Portence. Portence. Got it. Yeah, their handle's different from their name. I think that was a typo. Oh, God. In our notes. In our notes. Got it. So Dark Portence. So, um, yeah, that is. You know, I, I can't speak to it fully just because I didn't finish it. Uh, I love Malazan, but um, I got this. I think we it was before we did the podcast. And then once we started the podcast and Malazan wasn't on our reading schedule, it just kind of got neglected. So <laughs> one of these days we'll, we'll get to reading Malazan. But, you know, we just committed to Wheel of Time. So yeah. one um, 
giant massive series at a time i think <laughs> for us but that's good to know uh dylan you've read the second book of Malazan. yes do you do you know the moment that they're speaking of i know the moment that they're speaking of and you know i'm not gonna uh, i'm not gonna lie to you charles this is not one that has made me cry yeah okay. um so but this is another moment that like i i see why this makes a lot of people cry and it certainly has made a lot of people cry. So I get where Dark Portents is coming from. I haven't had the, you know, uh, at least a few of the other ones on here have made me cry before, you know, King Killer and um, I don't know what else we've read on, on here that, that did it. Oh, during the dance and stuff. Um, but this is not this is not one of them for me. And so I don't know. I haven't personally found that if the second book can't make you cry, then nothing will uh, bit here to be tr true for me. But I see what Dark Portents is getting at. And I think, the yeah, that's a, that's a big moment for a lot of folks with Malazan. Got it. Great. So, well, I'm excited to get there with Malazan. That's another big gap in my reading list, you know, is a classic like Malazan. So it's on the yeah. list. Yeah. That makes sense. We've got another comment here from at Jack Claver Bender as Jack Cleaver is known on Twitter. And uh, uh, funny, like, Jack has like, a funny voice and great, uh, not like not like how I have a funny voice when you hear me on the podcast. I mean, voice <laughs> like as a, as a writer on, yeah. of tweets has some, says some funny things and all that. So I always appreciate Bender's contributions. <laughs> um, yeah, this time, when... Bender went a little more straightforward than some of <laughs> some of his tweets, which is Long Price Quartet by Daniel Abraham, Thomas Covenant by Stephen Donaldson. Brilliant, brilliant prose, but relentlessly depressing plot. And we had that one backed up by friend of the show, Levi Jacobs, as well. Long wow. Price was the one backed up uh, by Levi Jacobs. That's awesome. Um, Daniel Abraham, one of the co-authors under a pseudonym of The Expanse, by the way. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I had actually started Long Price Quartet, but it was so mm -hmm. long ago that, honestly, I can't really speak too much of it, but I've read the first one, and I remember it having its its strong moments, but I, I would have to revisit it to be able to speak on it appropriately, but that one has like snuck its way onto a lot of like best all-time fantasy series which is how i believe yeah. i picked it up in the first place it's always this pick of like guys this um is a fantastic series it almost has this like either cult following or this underrated kind of following to it where a lot of people are quick to promote this one push this one up and that's how it got on my radar initially and yeah it, it seems really interesting dylan you've not read this right no I have not. I'm definitely interested. I've saw. I've seen a lot of really interesting things about it. Um, I saw it on a uh, on a list of like best world building and things like that. Mm. So I definitely want to check it out. A lot of people love it, and it's kind of been a um, almost a sleeper hit. It feels like as yeah. Daniel Abraham has gotten more known under the pseudonym that he writes the Expanse. Uh, uh, in part writes the expanse under so yeah that sleeper hit it seems like yeah yeah well we'll have to check it out one of these days cool well another one that would make a lot of sense to 
check out one of these days is from uh, at Run Along Womble. Um, that's Run Along Womble. Um, and uh, Run Along Womble, another awesome contributor in the community, and said The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak. Uh, and that's one that, you know, that's a famous one. I believe, that, is there a movie of that one, Charles? Would you know that? There um, is a movie I want to say. I don't know why, though. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. So, oh, there is. Yeah, there yeah, is. 2013. Just, yeah. Okay. And I think the way I've heard this is uh, I have a cousin who uh, who has read this and recommended it with similar, you know, similar thoughts about like very emotional, total gut punch and sounds very deep. So one I'd love to check out at some point feels more like larger speculative fiction, I think, than like fantasy per se. Got but the, we never that's never stopped us before, Charles. <laughs> no, it has not. Oh, yeah. Cool. The book thief. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's got all these yep. awards I see in a movie, so no surprises there. This has been a really, in terms of like awards, this list has, this recommendations list has been one of the most, you know, award-packed <laughs> recommendations lists we've ever seen. So this is awesome. Yep. And I think that that's probably, you know, the ones that hit you hard in the feels are the ones oftentimes that people are like, these need to win awards. So makes sense. Then we've got a contribution from... Uh, Someone who's, you know, always out there with, like, certain takes, for sure, um, on Twitter. It's at Lord Grumpy Dark. Oh, Lord uh, Grumpy the Dark comment. made an appearance? Yeah, Lord Grumpy Dark wow. swung by. That's awesome. You know, always appreciate Lord Grumpy Dark when he gets the time to stop by and make Rex. I know, know he's a busy guy. He's working <laughs> on some like fan fiction of Levi Jacobs work. I know he's a big Taylor Swift enthusiast and all this kind of stuff. So always nice when he gets the time to stop yeah, by. He's another uh, one that has quite a voice on the, on the Twitter <laughs> sphere. <laughs> Definitely in that writing, I could see the Levi Jacobs inspiration in, in how he writes his fan fiction that he posts on, right. on Twitter. So definitely check out at Lord Grumpy Dark. Um, and Lord Grumpy Dark said, I would recommend that Charles try rereading Daughter of Flood and Fury by Levi Jacobs. Mm. Uh, uh, tagged, I are Levi Jacobs. A couple of times. So not just one reread. You got to reread it multiple times. Mm. I know Charles didn't cry on the first read, but the third read through is where I think you really start to appreciate some of the more poignant moments. Reaction, Charles. Uh, I got to say, this is very on brand for Lord Grumpy Dark. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't tell me to like repurchase the book every time I go to read it as well. He is it's implied. <laughs> he is a very strong proponent of Daughter of Flood and Fury, rightfully so. And... You know, who's to say? I, I, I think he's more of an expert in the lore of Daughter yeah. and Flood and Fury, uh, the Tidecaller Chronicles, than sure. I am. So if he speaks about the Tidecaller Chronicles, then you should be listening because he, <laughs> he is one of the authorities. And uh, that and Taylor Swift. It also helps to just kind of agree with Lord Grumpy Dark. You don't want to get on his grumpy side. <laughs> He has tried to march the grumpy army against me a few times. So I'm always kind of afraid to react to what he has to say. <laughs> but uh, Lord Grumpy Dark, thank you for the wreck. I will consider it. <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that. Uh, hopefully he listens. I hope um, he appreciates it. Yes. <laughs> if he listens um, to the show, I don't know. But appreciate yeah. the wreck. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think he definitely listened to the Daughter of Flood and Fury <laughs> episode and the Levi Jacobs interview. Um, yeah. He's mentioned those to me before. So, I yeah, there's been some times in which Lord Grumpy Dark feels we don't cover Daughter of Flood and Fury as in-depth as mm. he would like or mention Taylor Swift enough, which, by the way, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, Lord Grumpy Dark. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. Are you, Charles? I like I Taylor Swift. <laughs> you're gonna like. You're not like a deep cut guy. You like know the hits, right? Well, I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I listen. I don't know. I, I guess I listen to the albums. I'm like serious. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to gatekeep. I don't know. That that was a bad. That was a bad look. That was a bad take. Charles can like Taylor Swift. I don't mean to gatekeep. That was bad. I'm not I'm listening sorry. to the albums, but I appreciate uh, when I when she comes on the radio. So that's good, and that makes you a fan. Um, two. So then we have a contribution from Pete at Pete Long. That is, uh, Pete said, Ravenheart and Stormer by David Gemmel. I've heard great things about David Gemmel's work. And then the other one is one that might evoke more conversation from us, which is Most Things by Guy Gabriel K. Mm. And we've both read Tigana, and you've read more of Kay's work than I have. Yeah, I've read Tigana, and I've read Under Heaven. Uh, the Lions of Our Son is high up on my TBR list. That's mm-hmm. like one of his most popular works. Um, I think he's a terrific author for a whole lot of reasons, but I've never been emotional reading his work. Dylan, what do you, have you? Did you get emotional reading Tigana? Yeah. I do think I I think I cried at the end of Tigana. I oh. do think I did. I'm I'm trying to remember, but and that was kind of my reaction. I read it well later than you did, Charles, and I was kind of I was really into the ending, if you remember. Yeah, and that is because it hit me really hard in the feels. I, it's like you know, it's been long enough where I'm like, do I remember the moment of seeing they're crying? I don't know. I think I did, and I, yeah. I think that Kay has a way of capturing, a, like, I don't know, like a mood is what I think. And the mood and the feel by the end of Tigana just had me, it just, it hit me in the feels and didn't let me go is kind of how I feel about it. And I I think that Kay's work is a, is a great recommendation here. And, and we know Pete's far from alone in that recommendation, Charles, mm. because... Tony the Fong himself, wow. Charles, <laughs> the creator of hashtag Mission Make Charles Cry, the Fong of Emberlane, <laughs> which is, by the way, a Lies of Lacamora reference, oh said, I haven't read any Guy Gabriel K yet, but I hear that a lot about his books. I have Tigana and Under Heaven on the hey. shelf just for whenever the mood strikes to get into GGK and... That is, well, I guess, you know, Tony the Fong hasn't yet read Guy Gabriel K, but you know when it's captured Tony's interest that this is a, a series that you want to Yeah, and all the books out. by Guy Gabriel K series, that he could have picked. He picked Tigana and Under Heaven, the two of which, which are I'm two most you've familiar read. with. Yeah, those are great yeah. places to start. And Dylan, you had pitched Tigana for the show. and I did. That one I did not choose, but we had both read it, no. so I feel like we can speak to it. And... Yeah, great series. Lots of great reasons to read Guy Gavril K. Tony Alley, Tony the Fong. I don't want to <laughs> just call you Tony, but I, the Fong of Emberlane. I will say, I hope the mood strikes you soon and that you pick these up because you won't be disappointed. They're really, really 
interesting, thoughtful books that I would love to have like a buddy read discussion on some someday soon. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of depth to those books for sure, and I can just tell it'd be one of those kind of like you know we just had our a Wizard of Earthsea conversation, and you yeah. and I kind of as we were going, it was just more and more like there's so much here. Yeah. I think that that. Guy Gabriel Kay's work is kind of like that. Like, yes. there's just a lot to explore and discuss. So, yeah. And and Tony, do you not like Charles calling you by just your first name? Do you <laughs> want to be addressed by your full name, Tony the Fong? <laughs> I that let us know if you're listening. <laughs> so <laughs> that would yeah. I mean, for, uh, he's Tony the Fong, the Fong of Ember Lane. If you want to go his yes. full title, uh, just yes. let me know. And if we're on a first name basis, so Tony, that's cool too. Uh, but uh, yeah, let us know. But for now, thank you for starting this hashtag and inspiring us to record this episode. So many just highly praised, award-winning books here. The TBR gets ever longer, but mm. we have some that have worked their way up the shortlist, some that have been recommended a few times now that I'm paying yeah. attention to of series to identify for our next friends pitching fantasy. So guys, thank you so much for all of these recommendations. Thank you for all your support in making me cry. I'm not a complete monster, <laughs> and I hope anyway. one of these series will prove that. So thank you. Ooh. <laughs> he wants to cry now, which is like, maybe that's the first step. Is <laughs> like, as saying to Charles off the air, I was like, the at this point, the incentives are there where Charles would rather cry than not cry because yes. he doesn't want to be perceived. I don't think you're a monster, Charles. I appreciate like, you I know saying you're that. kind of this like this narrative is you're worried about spiraling out of control. Charles is a nice person, everyone. Charles is probably capable of crying. Um, he, I've cried plenty <laughs> to of times Tony, in yes. my personal life, <laughs> just not in the context of reading a fantasy novel. So that's yes. what we're here to do. No, Charles is a great dude. And, um, <laughs> Thank you, sir. You know, You're there's great been some spe well. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> there's been some speculation. Maybe his tear ducts just don't work properly. <laughs> uh, Tony the Fong was saying maybe that's the issue here. Because if tears went into your eyes for the paper menagerie and they just didn't leave your eyes, oh, that's fair. That maybe that's what's happening, Tony. That's maybe you should see a doctor. Maybe I should. <laughs> I think that's all part of the mission. No, if I read some of these on this list and I still haven't cried, then maybe I should get the, get my eyes checked because, I mean, yeah. how could you not? So many great series here. And, you know, if you've read some of these or you're inspired to read some of these, let us know because uh, I think these are such great wrecks. We don't have time to read them all. So it's always valuable to hear other people's perspectives and experiences reading these. And, um, it, who knows? Sometimes if it hits us the right way, it moves up the TBR. So yeah, reach out to yeah. us. Let us know what has made you cry and what's uh, what are these series that stuck out? Because I want to know. I now have a personal mission here <laughs> to. I'm personally invested in this, so you gotta let us know. Yeah, definitely. You can throw that on our Instagram or Twitter post. That's when, right. Yeah, when we post this episode and. I think we've I think we've gotten through we the recommendations. Here. Sorry to anyone that we did, you know, like we do our best to get everyone, but uh, sorry if we missed you. Uh, but 
I, I think we covered a lot here. We got so a lot good of them. About this. I, yeah, yeah, I feel pretty good. If we missed you, apologies. But there's always more. And I think as we get into that sweet, sweet outro music, Dylan, if you think we're yes. ready, we can tell them exactly how to do that. I think I'm ready to get that sweet, sweet outro music pump in, Charles. All right, here we go. Thank you, everybody, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, if you want to discuss some of these really tear-jerking books, then that's that's great. I really need to hear your recommendations, guys. I know I'm probably going to be popping in and out of, of Twitter for this one because I've got Ooh. a personal stake here, and I want to know what everyone thinks. And that's over on Twitter at the FTF Podcast with a number one at the end. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook at the FTF Podcast. Now, Dylan, if they like what they heard today and they wanted to support the show and they just so happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, what can they do? toss five stars to our podcast just click on the friends talking fantasy page on that apple podcast app scroll down past all those episodes until you start seeing stars once you're seeing stars the optimal number of stars to click to support the show would be five of them if you have some extra time writing a review can be even more helpful but just listening, just listening is more than enough. We really appreciate you. And thanks for coming out to help on mission, <laughs> hashtag mission make Charles cry. Yes, thank you, everybody. I greatly appreciate it. Very touching. Always appreciate the Rex. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends. <laughs>